Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Driver Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Two more golf tournaments coming at you here before the winter break. Uh, pretty rough field tournament this week with the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. We'll dig into that here. Uh, probably won't take us much more than about a half an hour to get through this pretty ugly field. Uh, we've got the RSM Classic next week, which uh, we'll likely have a, a little bit of a stronger field to close out the fall swing uh, to uh, help me break it down here tonight. Of course, I am Justin Van Zuden, and I've got Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside. Noto, how uh, how you been? Yeah, a little worse for the wear. Uh, I got COVID, so that's, oh, no. uh, that's always fun to deal with. But uh, other than that, doing all right. Um, didn't have much going for me last week. What about yourself? Yeah, my lineups were terrible last week, and I uh, hope you get to feeling better, by the way. Uh, sound okay? Feeling all yeah. right? Or... Yeah, uh, it's like good day, bad day. It's been like the sixth day now, so hopefully it'll be done soon. Well, I hope you uh, get on the mend there, and uh, I'm feeling a little rundown myself, not because of COVID or anything, but uh, we got a new puppy over the weekend, so we went from our uh, – old 17 year old dog that really didn't do anything to a three month old puppy that is uh, just all over the place and you know getting up in the middle of the night a little bit to, to go to the bathroom so i you know the newborn stage is back uh in in dog form but uh that's all right he's doing great so the the kids were happy to to get a new pup so uh just a little bit a little bit of a change is our we haven't had the the baby stage for a while and like i said our last dog was 17 so uh, she pretty much didn't didn't do a whole lot. So uh, anyway, we had yeah last week my rosters were were 
awful. Um, I mean, and you just look at the leaderboard, it was one of those wild weeks. You know, I think we talked about a few of these guys as as dark horses on the show last week, but really the entire top 10 uh, outside of Aubert, who finished in a tie for 10th, was, you know, kind of like a value name. So the optimal lineup almost certainly would have left some money on the table. Uh, good for Eric Van Royen. I can't remember whether you brought him up last week or if that was a couple weeks ago, but I know we've talked about uh, him as a sleeper uh, in one of the past events anyway. Then guys like Viegas and Matt Kuchar, you know, didn't see that coming. Ryan Palmer back in the mix last week. We did talk about Carson Young, a solid top 10 for him, but I don't know, it was just a wonky tournament and a few too many miscuts for my rosters. Yeah, did bring up uh, EVR on the show last week and did uh, talk myself into using him in my main lineup, but it uh, didn't matter because I only had four or six through the cut and uh, scores were just absurd. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the stats, but if you miss like one or two fairways, you were like 100th in driving accuracy. And then uh, I made a showdown lineup, I think on Saturday. All of my guys were at least four under par and I don't check, uh, you know, my results on DraftKings until after the round's over. So I was like, you were, you were expecting good. a lot of greenbacks feeling pretty good. Uh, didn't cash one cent back. Uh, so <laughs> after that, I was like, okay, I'm not playing uh showdown on Sunday. So not my favorite event. I thought the course would look cool. Um, I'd want to go play it because, uh, I need those wide fairways, but, um, yeah, it's too think, easy for these guys. I don't think it's the best PJ tour course. It didn't help that there was no wind, um, all four days, but, uh, yeah, too easy for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what did the cut end up being five under? Yeah. Five under for the cut line. Um, the, and nobody that, you know, made the weekend ended up imploding the last, uh, worst finisher of everybody that made the cut still finished at minus six. Uh, you know, minus 16 was only good enough for 31st minus 20 barely got you inside the top 10. And of course, EVR getting to minus 27. Uh, and winning the tournament but i didn't follow a whole lot on sunday because my rosters were dead and then i looked at that final leaderboard and i was like whoa uh what uh, what happened here but that's sometimes what you get in the fall swing with some easier courses some weaker fields you know we could see something like that again this week uh but just one of those weeks that uh, for me you put it in the trash put it in the rearview mirror mirror and uh, and move on to a, another week because there were guys um Mark Hubbard missed the cut on the number. Uh, I played a little bit of, of Chris Goddard. He missed the cut on the number. Um, Degala, Davis Riley were some popular names. Peter Quest, they all missed the cut by two strokes. Uh, and then, you know, Callum Terran was another guy that had some ownership. It was just a week where uh, there were there were too many missed cuts uh, from the guys that, uh, that I had in my player pool. So, yeah, chalk it up to uh, one of those weeks and uh, move along. Anything else you want to take away from uh, from that event? I really don't think there's much we can we can glean from it. Yeah, I mean the Hubbard miscut was uh, painful for me. Oh, it's two was, bogeys in a row. Yeah, and three putts um, on the one, and then he had the par five. He still had a chance to make it there at the end, and uh, couldn't get the birdie, so that was frustrating. Only other note: I mean, Matt Kuchar had this thing in the bag on Saturday. I think he was up five on the back nine. Ended up making a quad, um, and then it kind of looked like he had it in the bag on Sunday. And EVR just ran it down with uh, with the 28. I don't know if you saw the interview, but it sounds like uh, one of his teammates from college uh, has cancer, isn't going to make it, so kind of uh, you know played for him this week. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's awesome when you know you get stories like that, and uh, obviously, you know, golf is one of those weird sports where anything can happen. I mean, guys can miss ten cuts in a row and then uh, come through and, and win a tournament, and uh, all it takes is you know putting uh, four rounds together and and getting everything clicking. And uh, EVR has always been a guy that's had plenty of talent, so uh, good to see him get that done and come home with a victory uh, in the uh, debut of uh, that uh, Tiger Woods design course in uh, Los Cabos last week, but probably not a whole lot else to, uh, to go through on that. So we'll turn our attention to the Bermuda championship this week. Um, The fifth year that uh, we've had this as kind of a standalone fall swing event. Um, Not the strongest field here. Uh, This one usually doesn't get a very strong field being outside of the States with just a week to go before the uh, the winter break. So a uh, pretty weak field. You'll see that when we get into it. Uh, but we are seeing the same course here for the fifth year in a row. Uh, we've seen guys like Brendan Todd and Brian Gay win at this tournament, which A, tells you something about the strength of field, and B, tells you something that you don't necessarily have to be a big hitter, it would seem, on uh, this course. So uh, what do you know about the venue this week? Yeah, Port Royal Golf Course in Bermuda. And uh, I think on a per mile, square mile basis, Bermuda has more golf courses uh, than any other country in the world, which is kind of cool. It's par 71, less than 6,900 yards. So very short course, um, very big greens. Um, The greens are obviously Bermuda grass. And uh, you get a nice mix of holes. You know, some are inland where you're going to have some trees in play. The others are right along the coast. So water is going to be in play on seven of the holes. Like you mentioned, not going to be a bomber's uh, paradise by any means. Um, Gay and Todd winning, you know, their accuracy and putters. And uh, Herbert, I still don't know what Lucas Herbert does well, but he won here in 2021. And then uh, last year, Seamus Power won as well. So I think you're going to have to hit fairways and make a lot of putts. And then going to be a lot of wedges since the course is so short. Um, Other than that, just got to make a lot of birdies. Does look like we're going to get some wind, unlike last week. So hopefully there will be a little tougher scoring conditions. Um, In terms of the difficulty, it's ranged from like 18th to 40th, just depending on the wind um, each year. So I think we could see fairly difficult conditions this week. Yeah, the uh, two middle years, the winning score was minus 15 each time. And I think the first year was like minus 24. That was the year there wasn't any wind. I looked at the forecast for Bermuda earlier this afternoon, and it's uh, like six to eight mile per hour winds the first day, uh, 10 to 12 mile per hour winds the second day, and then like 15 to 18 mile per hour winds the last two days. So progressively increasing winds throughout the tournament. And if it gets up to 18, 20 miles an hour there for the weekend, uh, the course will provide certainly a tougher test than what we saw last week. Uh, otherwise, I, I kind of agree, you know, go with the guys that are good ball strikers, get this up and get themselves in position to make some birdies and uh, might be a little bit unpredictable. Uh, given the, you know, you look at the past winners, uh, Brian Gay is like 51 now, I think uh, Herbert, you know, like you mentioned, very hit or miss. It still doesn't do anything really consistently well. Uh, just uh, another tournament where maybe you want to embrace some variance a little bit uh in in your lineup builds and i mentioned the strength of field and i mean that's where you know no offense to dietrich and brendan todd and adam scott and those guys but most fields you'll see them you know at least 15 or 18 or 20 golfers ahead of them in pricing and now you know those three guys 
plus Akshay are your four golfers at the highest end of the spectrum this week, uh, which just uh, goes to show you that it's uh, it's going to be a week that could get a little bit wild. And I really don't think there's a whole lot of difference, you know, between these top guys and then the guys that are maybe 10th, 12th, 14th on the board in terms of pricing. Um, and if you look at the winning, winning odds, like Adam Scott right now is like 16 to one, everybody else is 20 to one or higher. I mean, I don't think I've seen a week where the winning odds have been so spread out in quite some time. So, um, I mean, what do you make of that? Do you lean towards more of a balanced approach? Are the top end guys just too expensive? Just a weird board of players here. Yeah, very good point by you. Um, it looks like everyone that's 8,600 or above is 35 to 1 or less. Um, so between 16 to 1 and 35 to 1, which we typically don't see, there's usually a large uh, drop off in odds um, from the guys above 10K. So for me, I just uh, usually just let the model kind of do the work for me. And it likes a couple guys uh, up here. And then other than that, it likes the guys in the 8s and 9s. So I do think you can make a case to do the balance. I definitely wouldn't force anyone above 10K if you don't like them because uh, the 6Ks and the, the low 7s aren't that great this week. But at the same time, um, yeah, I do like a couple guys at the very top. Yeah, I mean, I think they're okay. Like you say, I wouldn't necessarily force it. Um, and I do like the 8s and 9s uh, a decent amount. But uh, we'll probably try to get one 10K guy in a lot of lineups. And uh, so of those four, I mean, it's really weird to be talking about those guys as the 10K guys, but it's all relative this week. Everyone has the same pool of players. Uh, is there one standing out to you here? Yeah, if you talk about hitting fairways, uh, hitting wedges well, and making putts, it's uh, Brendan Todd for me. He won here in 2019. I think he won almost won three, win, three events in a row that, uh, that stretch of golf, which was uh, pretty crazy given how bad he had struggled. And uh, he's coming after in. he had missed like 30 cuts in <laughs> yeah. a row or something like that a couple years before that. Yeah, you always got to root for those comeback stories. And uh, But yeah, he's been in good form. The Irons have definitely picked up over the last six months, which I like. And uh, if you're just looking at accuracy and putting, he's the best in the field. So he's probably my favorite. And then I like Dietrich as well, just because he's been playing a lot recently. And he's coming off of uh, second here last year, 22nd here in 2021. So I think those two are my favorite. I don't think Akshay can make enough putts to win this week. Um, oh, I should have noted in the course preview. So they've had a unreal amount of rain this year, and it sounds like there's there's been a ton of rain this week as well um, leading up to the tournament. So it's going to be re- really soft, so maybe the wind won't be as big of a uh, difference as uh, I'm kind of making it out to be. Maybe we'll play really easy. But, uh, yeah, I like Todd and Dietrich myself. I think they're fine. I do like Akshay for, for tournaments. I think and this, some of this is speculative because I do think his ownership might end up dipping. You know, like If you look on DraftKings right now, uh, his odds are the same as like Alex Smalley and, and Alex Noren and Taylor Pendrith. And, uh, you know, obviously those guys come a little bit cheaper. So I think his ownership may end up dipping just a bit uh, from the 24% that we have now. Um, obviously, you know, the putter can be hit or miss, uh, but if Luke list can win a fall swing tournament by making a bunch of birdies one week, you never know. Uh, it it might be him next. So I like him particularly if the ownership dips a little bit, uh, from where we have it right now. I do think somebody like Todd is a little bit safer. Um, 
you know, but all these guys are fine. It's just a relative. Do you want to prioritize them? And if I just had to make one lineup, I really don't think I'd have any of these four guys in. I think I'd start in the nine Ks. Um, you know, you could start with something like Pendrith Hubbard or Pendrith Smalley or something like that. And that's probably where I would go if I was to just build one lineup this week. I think it makes things work a little bit better. You don't have to dip down into the sixes, but uh, Akshay, if I had to pick one guy above 10K, would probably be my choice. Um, I'm out on Herbert just for the reasons that we've talked about several times uh, throughout this show uh, over the past months. But you've also got Norin, Glover, Griffin, List, Pendrith, and Doug Gim uh, in the 9Ks this week. Do you have a uh, favorite or two out of that group? Before we go there, why is Adam yeah, Scott uh, here? I Maybe he's just parlaying this into a vacation as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, uh, have we seen him? Has he? I got to pull up his. He hasn't has played he even for a played? while. I was going to say, I don't think he's played since the, the playoffs ended. And I don't even remember where he finished. I'm pulling up his log here. Let's see. So, oh, he did play the Zozo, uh, okay. but I mean, that wasn't, that was over in Asia. So yeah, the he's played two events since the Open Championship, the Wyndham and the Zozo. That's it. Yeah, kind of strange, but uh, yeah, maybe he'll play. Well, I don't know. He's probably my least favorite of the 10 Yeah, at the price, I just don't think it makes sense. And then dipping down into the nines, my model always loves Norin. I don't know why. I need to always you know, bump down my exposure to him when I let the model, you know, run my lineups. But uh, he's been playing a little bit better, T15 here in 2019. So I'm okay with it. Uh, my favorite's probably going to be Ben Griffin. Uh, bounced back nicely his last time out, T23. He was third here last year. And if you look at his stats, he's one of those guys that's great with the irons, great with the putter. I think that should play well here. He's not a very good driver of the ball, but should be able to club down on a lot of these holes. So I think he's probably my favorite, but uh, Pendrith has been playing well. I think his upside makes a lot of sense for tournaments. Yeah, I really like Pendrith this week. Uh, he'd probably, like I said, be my starting point in a single entry build. Um, I had him on a good amount of rosters last week, so I was following him pretty close. And he was like, his scorecard kept messing up, but uh, he was over par, I think, through his first uh, nine holes or 12 holes or something like that. Anyway, ended up shooting even par the first round. And pretty much could have packed it in, but shot three really good rounds after that. Uh, ended up back to wearing a top 15 finish, um, which I thought was pretty impressive. You know, given the amount of birdies that were available on that course, you shoot even par in round one. You pretty much are just thinking, okay, the week's over. Uh, but then for him to go out, you know, and fire, if we just uh, tallied up the results from the last three rounds only, he's right there at the top. 28 birdies last week. Uh, had 21 birdies at the Shriners before that, where he finished tied for third. So, yeah, Pendrith at 9,100. Really like him on a points per dollar basis. Um, not going to trust the putter with List this week, especially at the salary. Give me Pendrith. Um, I like the Griffin call. Excuse me, Griffin call as well. Um, and I think Norton could be fine here. Those are the three guys I will have the most exposure to in this range. Uh, but Pendrith certainly at the top. Uh, by a pretty good margin there in terms of where my exposure will land. Anything else you want to mention? I mean, based on the, uh, let's see if I'm looking at, yeah, based on our projections, we've got Herbert as the worst option in this as well. Uh, obviously 
Yeah, I know your model doesn't usually love him either. So, um, but uh, our Roto Grinders projections do kind of agree with that. But we've still got him at 15% ownership. So, interested to see where Herbert falls. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not on that. So, anything else on these 9K guys? Can Doug Gim make enough putts this week? Uh, not on Doug Gim. Usually not on Doug Gim, but a uh, good ball striker. And didn't Pendrith almost win? Either the Puerto Rico or the Corrales, like when he first came on tour, it seems like a very similar type of event. So, and uh, he did finish island games. courses he likes. Yeah. So, yeah, I do like that call quite a bit. Let's see. I'm trying to go back through ever since the PGA Tour redesigned their site. It takes forever to fl- trying to flip through a couple years to see where he, uh, uh, he was fifth here in 2021. Um, I think it was prior to that. Yeah, I might be missing it. I'm trying to flip through here too fast while I'm going through. But anyway, uh, given the form and the uh, the birdie making he's shown lately, Pendrith certainly solid there at 9.1K. All right, uh, let's move down to the 8Ks. And spoiler alert, obviously here, uh, Alex Smalley's my pick uh, to win this week, and I hinted at it a little bit earlier, he's got the same odds to win as Akshay does, and he's $1,100 cheaper. Uh, you look at the you know the stats, 24 rounds, 36 rounds, 48 rounds, uh, whatever you want to look at. You know, Smalley's going to grade out pretty well in this field. Um, uh, tends to play well on the courses you know, where we have weaker fields uh, just based on his results. And you look at he was second at the John Deere. Uh, ninth at the Travelers, a little up and down here in the the fall swing. Was 16th at the Sanderson Farms, uh, but good course fit for Smalley here, and uh, and he's definitely a top option of mine at 8,900. Your thoughts on him and uh, some of the others here in the 8K range? Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Yeah, I like Smalley quite a bit. Um, you mentioned the course history. The stats all look good. I was looking at uh, easy courses that are less than 7,000 yards. He's the best per round in the field. So I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, I will go back to Hubbard just because he's missed two of his last three cuts, both of them on the number, both of them in brutal fashion. Um, I think that's going to help lower the ownership. Still rates out really well in the stats. He's number two in the stats that I'm looking at this week. Um Outside of that, both of the woos, I think you can play both of them. Um, I probably wouldn't pick one or the other because you'll probably pick wrong. So play them both together, um, <laughs> Brandon and Dylan. They both uh, two for two here, very similar results, um, very similar projections, pretty much uh, similar across the board. Woo's a little bit better putter, um, Dylan, and Brandon's a little bit better ball striker. Uh, outside of that, did you say Riley was like super chalky last week? I couldn't understand. Yeah, he was. Where did that? Uh, I I don't know. Um, other than maybe he's the new Bo Hostler. I don't know. So that means he's gonna like be good again soon. But Bo, uh, man, I thought he was gonna win. He was looking great after the first two rounds, and uh, I think him and Jaeger both they were my two outrights, and both of them imploded. Uh, anyway, that was one of the many uh, things that went wrong last week. But uh, what about Palmer after? Uh, a nice finish last week <laughs> We're, it's gonna suck us in on a course that's got seven holes of water Ooh, um, yeah it just hasn't been enough there like his his previous three fall swing starts were miscut t68 miscut so i uh and that course last, is so weird that yeah it's hard to i think i'm and it's also a little bit tricky because we didn't have shot tracker last week so you know, it's uh, it's tough to tell who got super lucky, I guess. But yeah, this course has water, and I think I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Palmer. I was trying to look at the stats, and it's like, hmm, do I think the guy that's hit eighty five percent of greens or ninety one percent of greens? Like <laughs> there was just nothing separating anybody other than putting. So yeah, it's really tough without shot tracking. Gotta get that uh, technology to cross borders here. Let's uh, it's twenty twenty three, folks. Let's. They, they used to have it for the WGC Mexico, and so now, yeah, I, now it's, I'm it, just it, it's cost beneficial to take it a, take it across the border when it's a WGC event, but uh, when it's just the old, uh, you know, easy course in in Cabo, no thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was tilting, though. I guess my rosters didn't care after Friday anyway. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like you, I the, the showdown just wasn't going to be for me on that course. Um, Plus, we we're going to pick up our dogs, so uh, it was an easy weekend to just say uh, we'll uh, we'll get back at it next week. Um, agree on the woos. I think I like Brandon a little bit better. Um, we do have him at slightly higher ownership as well. Um, I mean, like you could say, play them both together so you don't pick wrong. But the the mid eight Ks like Palmer, eh, Riley, eh, not playing Stewart Sink at eighty three hundred for some reason. Um, so Brandon Wu. Um, Definitely Smalley. I think Nick Hardy's okay, um, but even he's getting to be a little bit chalky. I like the upper sevens quite a bit. I think this is probably where you can go um, get maybe two guys, three guys in this range to round out either those balance builds or, you know, if you're taking one 10K guy, um, probably not playing Peter Quest this week after that miscut last week and on a course that isn't going to emphasize the driver as much, uh, but I've been on Troy Merritt for a few months. I think he's really solid. I think Schmidt is nice. 
Um, looks like you've got uh, a few guys tagged in the upper seven Ks as well. So who are you looking at in here? Yeah, the model loves Martin Laird, but uh, I like the three good putters here. I like Justin Lower, who's finished top 20 here to the last two years. I like Adam Long, who's been playing pretty well in the fall. Good putter, uh, good accuracy guy, good on short courses. And then I like uh, Harry Hall, who very inconsistent. Um, uh, he was another one that I had la- some exposure to last week, and he was like minus five the first day and like plus three the second day somehow. Very inconsistent. A lot like Callum Tarrant, um, but he's a he's more of a putter than a ball striker. So um, I'm hoping the course being easy will help him. And don't mind your merit call um, and agree with you on Quest. Yeah, he let me down last week too. And uh, yeah, just not a not a driver heavy course. So I don't love him this week. Yeah, um, out on him. Um, probably out on Hall as well because he burned me last week. But uh, lower, I think, is is a solid play. Schmidt's a guy that not a lot of people know a ton about as he's played on the DP World Tour a lot. Uh, he has started to play more regularly on the PGA Tour here over the during the fall, though. Um, so he's had his last couple starts during the fall swing, 26th and 38th, uh, sandwiched around a, a runner-up finish at the Andalusia Masters on the DP World Tour, which is a, a fairly strong field event uh, for that uh, tour. So uh, I like Schmid a good bit. Uh, at 7,700, I believe there. Yeah, 7,700 mentioned merit. I mean, uh, you know, you, you can get a couple guys in there and feel okay about it. I don't think they're that much worse than the 8K options, and uh, some of them we do even have projected a little bit better. All right, let's move down. It starts to – the field starts to really thin out in a hurry here, but uh, we get to the uh, bottom end of the uh, 7K range. Anybody else standing out to you here? Yeah, can I interest you in some double-digit ownership on Russell Knox? <laughs> and Hondas's got him tagged too. That's oh, like, no. uh, you know, it's a short course. If Brian Gay can win here, then uh, and Brendan Todd, then surely we can get the resurgence from Russell Knox. I, I, I'm in. I mean, okay. I, I, I don't didn't expect that kind of ownership, but uh, four for four here plays well in the wind. Still can't believe you won a WGC event. Um, back in the day, but man, I don't like anybody down here. Um, Ryan Moore kind of rates out well for me, which is ugly. Norlander seems to play these types of course courses well, but he doesn't have a very good track record. Uh, maybe Smotherman, he's kind of a good ball striker, but I don't like a lot here. Is, do you have any more optimism than me? <laughs> uh, I think there are some guys that are okay. I mean, like Knox is fine. Um, the guy that kind of popped to me when I started looking through it and I was like, this guy, uh, hasn't been like DFS relevant in a long time. And, uh, that's Kelly Kraft who, and then we posted ownership and he's getting a little bit of a bu- uh, ownership buzz too. Um, but he was like injured during the summer. He had a mid tournament withdrawal at the three M. Um, and then, you know, he took a little bit of time off, but so since he's come back from the mid tournament withdrawal, 33rd, 25th, 16th, 23rd, and then wasn't great last week. Did make the cut, uh, but didn't make a ton of birdies. So he finished near the bottom of guys that made the cut. But still, five made cuts in a row. Um, he's still only 7,200 in this field. I mean, and if you look at the last 36 rounds, he's top 15 in tee to green and ball striking in this field, and he's only 7,200. And given the weak strength of the field, uh, I think Kraft is definitely my favorite in here. 
Um, I'll be, I'll take some speculative shots, I think, on Norlander in tournaments as well. So, yeah, Kraft and Norlander are two guys that uh, that I don't mind. And Viegas off a runner up at 10% ownership this week. Speaking of guys that haven't been DFS relevant for a long time, you see the Cowboys sign Martavis Bryant. There's a, I did see that right I before he came on there. He hasn't played since 2018 or something. I mean, didn't he like sign and I don't and then not play or then was suspended? I don't know. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get him mixed up with Josh Gordon because that happened a few times with him as well. But yeah, I uh, that's pretty wild. We'll see what becomes of that. I, I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know. I didn't read up on it. Like, has he been I playing mean, I somewhere? Know, <laughs> I know Gallup's been bad, but he can't be that bad. <laughs> Insurance. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, I mean, then we, we can just open it up at this point because the 6Ks are truly awful in this field. Um, I mean, I guess the discussion has to be had about Brian Gay because he's always played well here. Uh, and like I mentioned, I'm not trying to be ageist, but he's 51 years old and he's like going to be nine. We got him at nine and a half percent ownership this week. So do you have any interest in anything else that we haven't talked about? Uh, you can have all the Brian Gay shares for yourself. Uh, I'm fine fading him. Um, I like Tano Goya a little bit at seven K. Uh, he's fourth in this field and burger better rate over the last 24 rounds. And, it's one of the few events that he's played um, that he's seen twice. So T44 here last year. And then who do you have in the battle of the Brian bros? So George Bryan, Wesley Bryan's brother um, is in the field, which I'm excited about. Watch their YouTube stuff a lot. Um, they've actually been here for like three weeks filming content at this course. So they're going to know the course. Well, um, you got Wesley or, or George in this one. Boy, remember when Wesley was like nine K for a while. Yeah, he won the uh, he won at Harvard Town, and he was he had one year I remember going where he was good at the John Deere. Uh, I mean, oh, he was going to be a thing, and then like right after that, I mean, he was like losing six strokes off the tee in two rounds and events, and like, I mean, you could probably just leave the driver in the bag here if you wanted to. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about his brother's game to say one way or the other, but feels like Wesley could play okay here. Uh, though my official answer is probably neither. I'm hoping they both make the cut. They're already featured on the PJ tour website, the main, main picture on the site. So uh, hopefully that'll drum up some interest for the event. But uh, yeah, George is a much better ball striker than Wesley and Wesley's got the, the short game. So I'm kind of excited. Um, I actually bet Wesley top 10 and 20 just because I think it might fire him up a little bit, having his brother in the field. Are they in the same team? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. Oh, they're not. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah, they could Why have been you do that? PJ Tour Live. or They probably won't even have PJ Tour Live for this. Yeah, uh, they might not. I, they don't. If they do, I haven't seen it posted. But anyway, they are not in the same group. Missed opportunity. Got to put Wesley with Cody Gribble and Tyson Alexander. <laughs> Um, boy, uh, there are some, uh, there are some rough options in this field. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a hundred. I was looking back a couple years ago, this tournament, they couldn't even fill the field. It was, um, it was the year after COVID when I, I can't remember what the, I think there were some, uh, testing or vaccination rules in Bermuda. 
Um, I don't recall exactly what they were, but they couldn't even fill the field with alternates. Uh, so they just ended up playing it, you know, a few guys short. But uh, anyway. Um, the case this week, too. <laughs> I yeah, think like 20 guys withdrew. So let's see. Uh, Harrison Endicott played some of him last week. He missed the cut, too. Uh, Charlie Hoffman's popping a little bit in projections. I mean, we're just all we're doing with the bottom of this field is taking a trip down memory lane here. Uh, you got Jimmy Walker, Cameron Percy in here. Uh, it's uh, there's a guy named Scott Roy. Maybe be, maybe it's Kevin Roy's brother. <laughs> it could be. Uh, Kevin's in the field too. Oh, I didn't even see him. Why, why isn't he popping for me? He is 6,700. Noto oh. rating is only 49.8. The model <laughs> is broken. Priced up after beating those cuts in a row. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't, there's really nothing under 7K. I mean, I'm with Noto. If you want to play Brian Gay, go ahead. Uh, but uh, there's so many, you know, good options around 7,500. I mean, go down to Norlander, Smotherman, Craft, lower part of the 7K range if you want to go down there, but uh, would, would maybe try to cut it off at that point. So, anything else for the good of the viewers? I don't know if you saw the videos, but Tiger Woods, he's walking well. There you go. We'll see if he can uh, get back in action and at least hopefully tee it up you know, for the Masters and a couple of those other majors. And before I forget, uh, we just dropped the beta version of a new NFL lineup building tool. Obviously, you know, this is a golf show, but uh, if you haven't checked it out yet for a limited time, you can try it for free. SimLabs, brand new product that generates DFS lineups through the power of simulation combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences in just a few clicks. You can have hundreds of well-built correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you are playing. You can check out the link in the description for more. And uh, we're going to continue to build that out here over the, the months and years and, you know, try to get that built out for other sports and everything too. So NFL only right now, but uh, everybody can check that out for free. And of course, if you like the show, and you're watching us on the YouTube platform, please give us a thumbs up. We do appreciate that very much. And uh, with that, just one more event to go here before the winter break. Uh, Noto got an NBA break today. It was I didn't didn't uh, realize this morning that there were no hoops uh, games tonight. So I don't I don't know if it's a good thing because we had 12 yesterday and 14 tomorrow. It's just like double the work both days and one day <laughs> off in between. So I don't know. for one day off, well, hey, let's uh, hopefully that helps you get uh, rested tonight and recharged and ready to go for tomorrow. I uh, hope you get to feeling better. And uh, also thanks to Steve for working hard and producing for us behind the scenes on a Tuesday night. Uh, so for Noto, I am Justin. Good luck with all your lineups this week, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you all later. Take care.